Welcome to Digital Savages Challenging the Status Quo Podcast. Digital Savages brings you the original stories of misfits, challengers, and people who do not abide by somebody else's rules. Enjoy and challenge the status quo, always. Hi, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Challenging the Status Quo. Today, I have Chidion Bavtink as educational strategist, who is my guest, and I'm really looking forward to his story. Welcome, Hideon. Awesome to have you on the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, Hideon, you have listened to a few of our podcasts, so, uh-huh. and you know the questions. So I'm quite curious about your journey and your story. So could you please share your ups and downs and how you become the man that you are today? <laughs> well, my goodness, where to begin? Uh, I grew up in Haarlem, in the Netherlands, in a relatively poor family in Dutch standards, uh, in a quite troubled family. And um, of course, I went to school, which didn't go very well. I didn't seem to be the sharpest knife in the drawer, or so I thought. Um, And actually thought that for quite some time. And, And school gave me the impression that I didn't have to offer very much, that I wasn't very bright. Then eventually, when I was 19 years old, I became a father, unplanned. So that was fun. Um, of course, I really enjoyed being a father, but but it, it changed our lives quite a bit. And then that same year, my father, uh, no, my mother asked me to do a, uh, wanted me to do a personality test because she worked at a company who took those tests. And I really didn't want to do that, but eventually I did. And this was really a key moment in my life because the guy that came over to uh, explain the results of the personality test, he showed me that I had a lot more to offer than what school made me think. Somewhere I I knew there was more, I I just didn't know what it was. And and he showed me all of my potential and this really set me on another path. I finally could believe that that I might be a little bright after all, you know? So, so with this newfound uh, potential, I started or tried to start a few businesses and, and they all failed until I discovered what I really wanted to do. School gave me, a, me the idea that I wasn't a very smart person and I bet there are a lot of students with the same thoughts. So I want to help them lose this paradigm and awaken the potential in students just like that guy from the personality test did with me. So... Right now, I'm a single father of two kids. I own two small businesses. Uh, the first is Huisjerk Begeleiding Haarlem. And here we give kids the proper tools so they are able to handle the trouble they have with school. And the other one is Moeteloos Leren. And uh, there we bring those tools to the schools. So eventually kids uh, well, will need a lot less tutoring. Uh, with you know, with those tools that we that we created, and one of those tools is um, a personality test, and this basically uh, it's, it's called the excellence scan in English, and in Dutch it's the excellence scan, and this is basically the manual of a student, and and the crazy thing about this is that it'll tell you when a student what he does when a student is happy or what he does when he is sad or what he needs in order to be mentally strong. And and I cannot stress the importance of this information and how little people know about this. And of course, all the talents and qualities. And and it basically shows what what potential a student has to offer and what kind of work and study fits a student's character. So when I explain the results of the excellence scan to parents, they usually say, well, where was this test when I was young? Um, I still don't know a lot of, about this info about myself. 
So yeah, it's amazing to give students a head start. It, it really builds their confidence. So uh, someone inspired me when I was 19 years old by showing me my potential. And this is what I'm doing now for other people, for other students. So yeah. That sounds that sounds amazing. I uh, I didn't know you had your own personality test. I used Gallup uh, because my thoughts are that the school system is treating everybody the same. It's kind of school was invented to uh, prepare operators in the industrial revolution, right? Yep. <laughs> so one exactly. size fits all. Uh-huh. While you know, uh, the only thing that resembles um, people are uh, their physiques, right? They have a heart, they have exactly. kidneys, they have liver, etc. And other yep. than that, yep. uh, everybody has a unique set of skills. And the question is. What does this mean for education? What does this mean for employership? What does this mean for entrepreneurship? Uh-huh. Um, and I don't think there is a really clear answer for that. I think school, the way it is uh, built today, robs a lot of people of their potential. Potential, And the funny thing is, um, if you look at the, the model we use for personalities, you, you will see that um, the people that teach are a certain type of personality. And the people that, the kids that do well in our current educational system are the same type of people. And then all the students we have in, in, in our schools, that I have in my schools, they um, they are of certain personality types that don't fit in the educational system. And they just, all of them, and, and I, I, I cannot even, well, uh, make a nuance of this. All of them believe that they, there's something wrong with them, they're, that, that they're weird or that they're stupid, you know, because they don't fit in that into that, in the, into that system and into, well, you know, there's an expectation with all the teachers. And I think everybody has this in, in, a certain, in a certain way, is that people project their own personalities on other people. Their perceptions. This is, this is exactly what I'm telling my son all the uh-huh. time. So I'm indoctrinating him. When a teacher says something is impossible, mm-hmm. that's his or her's perception. That's not your reality. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, so they project project their perception, but also their personalities and their expectations of themselves onto the student. And if you can't live up to that, you're weird, man. You don't belong. Yeah. So, I find that very comfortable. I want to be weird and a misfit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) why does that not surprise me coming from you? (laughs) You're you're one of those types, man, who is very comfortable with that being being different. So, but I think you know, I think that everybody is unique. Everybody is unique, and the strength is finding various people and give them the possibility to be unique together. Exactly. Sounds good. That is where where companies grow. But when you look at it, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the school system or education Mm -hmm. system for that matter Uh is um, supplying the need of the company. So look at the hierarchical structure of a company. You have a CEO, right? Mm -hmm. The CEO Mm -hmm. has a managers and those managers have, I would almost call them slaves, like people that, you know, do as they abide. Uh Where do we see that else? You see that in school. You have a teacher that is presenting their view on the reality and everybody else has to listen and abide. If you don't abide, you become a misfit Uh and it tags you along. So you get... You get the group of people that has nothing to say. 
and they mm-hmm. celebrate Fridays, right? This is this is the worst thing that you can say to me. Happy Friday. That's like <laughs> I get. I get what? Uh, are uh-huh. you so unsatisfied with your life? That uh, exactly, exactly. Thank God it's Monday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why do we, why do we have a weekend? So this uh-huh. is my true belief. If you put people in their core talents. Exactly. And the unique style of the skills. They will shine. Definitely. And you shouldn't be intimidated by their greatness. Exactly. You should cherish it. Exactly. But you know, different people are scary. People who think different, act different, they're a bit scary, you know? They're unpredictable. Yeah. We don't want that. We want we want white collar slaves. We want exactly. people that have nothing to say and abide us, worship us. <laughs> <laughs> well basically, yeah. Yeah. Basically it boils down to down to that. Yeah, definitely. If you translate this knowledge that you have today and you're helping this, and this is a very noble cause that you're chasing us. Thanks. Where do you get your, so, so what is your energy and what, what is, what is your definition of success? If you may. I used to listen to a lot of uh, audio tapes from Earl Nightingale, and he would define success as the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And to me, this looks like being a good and present father and using my knowledge and skills to build a better educational system that works for everybody. Um, and these are both worthy ideals that will last until I die, I believe. So, yeah. I think that's uh, that's a really nice definition of success, and especially it starts with fatherhood or motherhood mm. for that matter. I think, I think if that you're a parent, uh, that should be your first priority. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we're losing that as a modern society? I think we're uh, becoming more and more aware that that is where our priorities should be. I think we already lost it for for a big part. Yeah. Do do you think that pandemic caused the self-realization that we said, shit, we're doing things wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's actually a very interesting question because... When when the pandemic started and the lockdown started, uh, I got a I got a lot of phone calls from parents and saying, "Oh my goodness, now 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 I have to work at home and now I have to take care of my kids at the same time. I I just can't do this. You know, this is too much. And of course, it is too much. Of course, but um, they just they they don't have the tools on how to parent their children because they're not used to spending so much time with their kids. So yeah, that's a big problem. And, and we, we when came I was, to the, yeah, sorry, go ahead. When I was 19 and I became a father, my aunt came to me and she gave me a book and it's, it was a book about parenting. And I was looking at her like, you don't need to tell me how to parent, you know, I know how to do that. And then she said, you're going to read this book. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. And she said, you're going to read this book. And I'm like, fine, fine, I'll take it, you know. And then a few weeks later, I went on vacation and, and I started, well, okay, fine, I'll, I'll start to read this book. And, I was, and, and as I was reading this book, I was constantly thinking, my goodness, I would have done so many things wrong while thinking I was doing things right as a parent. And this knowledge of how to parent your children, it, it's not mainstream, man. It, it, it's, I, I almost want to say it's hard to find. It, it's yeah. not taught at school. It's not taught when you are a parent. <laughs> So yeah, it's kind of a production facility. Then you produce children, and then uh, I find it always awkward. In my career, I had uh, colleagues that lived like hundreds of kilometers away from their parents, and for uh-huh. me, that was very strange. You know, I want to be able to visit my parents within 500 feet. Okay, that's just my need, mm-hmm. uh, and I want the same for my child. Because if you have the emotional uh, tie with your children. 
mm-hmm. then everything else becomes much easier. If they are built in with or built with emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. then the reasoning behind everything you would like to achieve with them becomes much easier. Definitely. That's my experience. Yeah, definitely. Also, if your relationship is strong with your kids and they can rely on you and know that you'll be there and know that you're human and make mistakes and that you're okay with that, you know, that they're allowed to make mistakes as well because all all of us, well, most of us say, it's okay to make mistakes, you know, and in our educational system, it's they all keep screaming at each other. It's okay to make mistakes until you make a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's not practicing what you preach. No, definitely not. No, but, but, but you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to practice that uh, practice what you preach in that sense. But uh, but then uh, if, if you if you um, if you talk to your children or your students and say, okay, I made a mistake. And it's fine, you know. I'm sorry, and then you own up to your mistake, and then then it's not a problem that you made that mistake. So, but then you can go back to: Do you think that actually looking from the human perspective, uh-huh. that we as human beings, the modern West, I would say, the modern West Hemisphere, are uh-huh. we really fully connected with you know our core values as human beings, our willingness to help, our morality, our integrity, etc., or are we just dollar driven? What would I have liked to, uh, before I started the business, what, what would I have liked to know? Yeah, what, 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 would you, what would you advise your younger version of yourself? Oh, well, that, that's a very different <laughs> story, you know. Let's see. Um, but, but, but to the first point, do, you th- do I think if people are still living uh, to their core values and st- instead of being driven by money, that, that was your question, right? Well, um, One of your other questions was also, what would be the thing I wished I knew at the start of my career? And that would be, what would drive me? Because I lost a lot of time chasing things I didn't really want, but I thought I wanted them, you know? For me, money is not where it's at. And I think for a lot of people, money is not where it's at. In the beginning, I thought it would, and I printed a lot of posters of things I wanted, you know, a nice car, a nice house, or a lot of money. But Material I really started goods. what? Material goods. Exactly, exactly. And I, of course, those are nice to have, but it, it wouldn't get me out of bed in the morning. You know, it, it just. I really started moving when I could add value to to people's lives. So, well, maybe uh, a lot of my students have have trouble with with motivating them, themselves and. Uh, this is an old, old different question altogether. Maybe we can talk about some other time. What motivates somebody? And and this is something that I discovered using those personality tests. It usually involves people. So basically, everybody works for somebody else. It might be a goal that is going to help somebody. It might be that you really want to work for that other person for, or for a team or whatever. But it, by, in most personalities, it involves people. So if we... We are, we are still tribal. We're still tribal. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Hunters, gatherers. Only, only we have advanced too much. So instead of hunting for a gazelle, you go to Albert Hein and you buy your thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, but then you know, but then money becomes the goal. But money shouldn't shouldn't ever become the goal. You know. So what would I have liked to know in the beginning of my career? 
find out what moved me, you know, what really gets me up. I think this is different for everyone, but chances are it has something to do with people. Yeah. Yeah, but it is. This is. I, I believe. I don't know if it was uh, Michelangelo or Da Vinci that, or no, Da Vinci that said it. But it mm-hmm. was like, do what you what you love, and you will not work a day in your life. Exactly. Only we tend to forget that you do not do what you like. You you shouldn't have fun at your job, and and this spastic movement mm-hmm. of you have business and private. No, if you're not this different person in business that you are, you you do not change yeah. behavior. You're always the same. Only you choose to behave differently. You have a different mask. That's a choice. Okay. Uh-huh. Or do you look at it otherwise? No, I, I was just uh, digesting what you were saying. I think sometimes people tell me I wasn't myself for a period. And then uh, people have said this a lot to me in my in the coaching session, in their coaching sessions. But I think they were always themselves, but not the, not the best version of themselves. They were they were searching exactly yeah and that's fine you know that's okay and I think that you already tackled the question of challenging the status quo I think that is evident but um, uh, also your biggest failure oh <laughs> that my goodness <laughs> wow where to start oh my goodness okay what 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 is your so the failure is is uh-huh. always like like okay it has, it has a negative connotation yes. So what was the thing that you learned most from that added value <laughs> to you as a person? Well, these are both the same thing. Um, yeah, you always learn from your failures. From their, from a, well, you have a choice to learn. And yeah. if you don't, well, the same thing will repeat itself over and over until you learn your lesson. So no, my, my, one of my greatest failures oh, this is really hard to say, is, is uh, my romantic relationship with women. Yeah, okay. and that's because... You have to elaborate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought you would say that. <clears throat> well, uh, I'm a Christian, and from time to time, I seem to forget that God loves me as I am and not as I should be, which then results in me having a hard time accepting myself as I am, which then results in me having a hard time accepting my girlfriend. And I want to love unconditionally. And if I forget this, I start loving conditionally. And I firmly believe that unconditional love cannot be earned, but it should be a gift. So, for example, in some of my coaching sessions, I ask people, uh, why do you love your wife? And it's actually very funny (laughs) because I'm setting them up. I usually get an answer like, oh, man, she's so beautiful. She's so smart. She's so talented. And she's so sweet. You know, she's just the perfect patch. And these are all reasons why, you know. But what if the why is not there anymore? What would happen if she had an accident and loses all the reasons why you love her? Would you still love her? If so, well, congratulations. It's unconditional. If not, it is conditional. So this woman will not be able to give you what you want anymore. And then, well, that is transactional love. Exactly. 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 And that's basically a selfish love. And for me, the only right answer in my eyes should be to the question, why do you love your wife? (laughs) Because she exists. No conditions, no reasons, just because she is. She's there. What? She's there. Yeah. And this, this gift love 
opens up a whole new level of confidence and gracefulness. It makes you able to love what naturally does not seem lovable. And it's for me, this is this is very hard to understand this kind of love, a love that is not earned. It's it's not logical. I, I don't think it's even emotional. And but I think is, it's this is um, cause and effect. This is an effect of the capitalistic world. We think be. that everything should be conditioned and transactional. You are beautiful. You have a great physique. You uh-huh. have blah, blah, blah. It's like a checkbox. Uh-huh. Like you're buying a car. Oh, I have these options. Um, uh-huh. And if you fulfill, then it's okay. But if you crash that car against a tree, what happens exactly. then? Yeah. Time for something else. Yeah. yeah. And this is what you see happening. Because in the exactly. Netherlands, we have that, that the half of the of the marriages break. The half. Yeah. 50%. Yeah. And I and I think that is because it is a selfish love. And for me, well, um, I don't want to be selfish, but I noticed in these relationships that I was in in that sense, and that I could not live up to this standard of giving giving them this gift love, and uh, then I would would not be able to give them what they deserved, and then I would quit the relationship. How how do you get inspiration for these journeys and challenges you pose on yourselves? How do I what get inspiration? Um, well, what inspires you? Well, I, I think growth. I I I really like to grow myself, and um, if I see people grow, you know, and 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 who who were in hard times and overcame these hard times and are now stronger because they overcame it, and teach the lessons they learned. I love that, man. That's incredibly inspiring. Yeah. Seeing somebody else's growth uh, and uh, actually them allowing you to partake in that journey. Exactly. It's an honor. Exactly. So that I don't have to learn by hard knocks because they share their hard knocks so that I don't have to hit my head. I love that. That's that, beautiful. That's, for me, it makes my heart beat a lot faster, you know. <laughs> and is this also Definitely. part of your legacy? Is there a legacy you would like to leave behind yeah definitely definitely i i think about this a lot um in the end i want to leave an educational system that works for everybody in in the past 12 years i created a lot of practical tools and these tools uh we will we will be taking to the schools the coming years with moeiteloos leren and yeah, coming year, school year, we'll be visiting as much schools as possible and hold a massive can- campaign also for parents to get these tools for their children because I want people to be able to say this world is now a better place because I was here, you know, uh, being a good steward, playing the best hand with the cards that I got for the benefit uh, of, of as many people as possible. So, yeah, Greater uh, good. no pressure. Thanks. Yeah, uh, I think the fact that you already stepped on it and you're doing your best—that's that's, that's already a legacy. And then you'll get there. You'll get there. Um, well, the most important thing about this for me about legacy is that uh, when my children are grown-ups, that they will say, "You are a good father." You know, I think I'm, I'm trying to be a good one, but I'll know <laughs> when they are grown up and they tell me, "Okay, Dad, you did you did good." 
you did well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest compliment a parent can get. Exactly. Um, yeah. My son uh, often tells me that, uh, Dad, I when I grow up, I'm going to be just like you. Okay. Well, that's that's, you that's know, perfect. Man. That's nice. <laughs> that's wow. Uh, so that means that I'm doing something good. I don't exactly. know what, but something he knows be it better. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very nice, man. Well done. My goodness. Thank you. Hey, uh, what are you curious about right now at this moment? That's actually a very hard question for me because I don't have one thing I'm curious about. I'm always curious about how to live a, a life well and making the most out of things. I'm always reading books and discovering ways to make situations or things better. So, yeah, this is not a one thing. Well, Basically, it boils down to growth again. What I'm, what I'm curious about is growing always. Yeah, this is uh, perpetual mobile for you, <laughs> growth. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, that's a broad, broad curiosity perspective, and that's great. Very, <laughs> so, yeah. So, very looking so. the ways, continuously searching for ways to improve yourself and others around. Exactly. You. Well put. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I I have done this before. <laughs> I see. <laughs> it shows. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, uh, a total different question. Uh-huh. If I would give you the possibility to eat, to go to a dinner with three people, alive or dead, or uh-huh. the opportunity to live in three time periods of choice, which ones would it be, and why? I see. Uh, well, time period would definitely be, be now because with the technology we have today, um, knowledge can be spread way faster than before. And there, also, there are some people that I really, really learned a lot from. And one of them uh, is Jordan Peterson. Do you know him? Yeah, well, you've heard of him, I presume. Uh, I read his books. Yeah, not perfect. <laughs> I would I would love to grill some some meat on the barbecue with him and just sit down and talk about life and personalities and gods and yeah, you know he he taught me a lot of stuff I didn't know I needed to hear. So I think we would never stop talking. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It sounds good to me. Yeah, just uh, go on a barbecue with him. You know, that's a nice and, one. Yeah, yeah, and another person that really inspires me um, when I was a lot younger was Anthony Robbins. Uh, he has a lot of programs and audio tapes uh, which I used to listen to, uh, get myself hyped up and motivated, and believing in in myself and all that. Um, yeah, I, w- I would love to to sit and eat with him and just i think be be grateful for what he has has brought to this world you know because without his teachings without his programs i would not be able to do what i'm doing today so definitely anthony robbins yeah and there's one more uh c.s lewis uh, i think most people will know him from the the books and the movies of narnia um, which I really liked, and I'm reading to my kids right now. Uh, but he has also written a lot of different books. Um, yeah, I would love to listen to hear him speak about life and love and God as well. He is 
so incredible insights and he's so humble about it in one of the last chapters he writes uh, in in uh, the four loves is is he has an idea about god and 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 love and how that is constructed and and before that he says just read it but if you think it's crap just throw it away you know N- never think another second about it <laughs> so here it goes you know and then he writes the last few pages and i think that the last few pages that he wrote in that book are the most profound things he he has written from what i have read about him so yeah definitely those three yeah i think that's a really nice uh nice list of people too and i believe you can you can still achieve that goal so um, put it on your put it put it on your list like it is, of challenges so uh-huh. so you go and do it definitely <laughs> and take a selfie while you're at it <laughs> you got it man i'll send it to you as a proof as a proof no, i'm just exactly. kidding hey, is there something that i should have asked you but i didn't yeah one of the questions was what my biggest failures and how i turned this into a good part of me how i turned it to a strength you talk you stopped dating no i'm just, <laughs> <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> celibacy is life man <laughs> <laughs> well no <laughs> well yes i stopped dating definitely but uh, <laughs> uh let's see what i learned from that is um i've learned to be vulnerable and to show people that i'm not perfect and that i make mistakes and that i'm okay with that and that i own that you know and this way people can just be themselves around me and open up without judgment coming from me or at least i do my best not to judge so that's one one of the things that i learned from that definitely that's a nice way to, to to put it in your strengths or to to use it as your strength it, it was awesome talking to you however we have came to the end of the podcast so now drums please um i need your key takeaway summarizing your life journey and story and what you're doing and your two cents for the audience so what is uh-huh. your key takeaway Gideon? Okay, well, hold on. This is going to be great. Okay, I'll be like Dorothy. <laughs> Kansas, okay. Kansas is okay. going bye-bye. No, I'm just... I'm just... <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Hold tight. God's love can't be earned. And even if you're not a believer, he loves you just as you are and not as you should be because you're never going to be as you should be. So just love yourself as you are. I think that is that is a beautiful key takeaway summarizing everything that you're doing right now for other people. Thank, Thank you. you. Great one. And a great quote, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Kiron, it was a pleasure talking to you. I wish you all the best in your end of war. And Thank you uh, very much. Looking forward to see and hear a lot about your legacy that you're leaving behind. Well, it was my pleasure to talk to you, Amir. Thank you. All the best. Talk to you. Bye-bye. Ciao. Thank you very much for listening, dear ladies and gentlemen. This was Challenging the Status Quo podcast brought to you by Digital Savages with your host Amir Sabirovich. Stay safe and healthy and until next time, ciao!